How many today would say, Pastor, I really want God to do something special in my life? How many would say, I want God to work through my life? Well, I got good news for you. You're a candidate. I trust that this message today will have lasting results. I've taken enough medication in my life. I've, I've learned a little bit about some of them. Some of them, you know, when we're in great pain, <clears throat> we just want to go somewhere where they got one of them pointy things and just stick a needle in us. And I want out of that pain now. But how many of us have also learned that there are some medicines called time release capsules? And it just kind of just keeps moderating the situation and just over a four-hour period, 12-hour period, 24-hour period. Today, I trust that this message is one of those that has that time release effect. That when we leave here and we go back to our routine, our normalcy, that the Holy Spirit will prompt our thinking to say, this is what Pastor was talking about. That I'm a candidate for God to do something special through. Our culture is a culture that has a lot of components to it. And there's some of these things that obviously we enjoy. There's other things that have become out of balance. I want to talk about things that are extraordinary today. Something that God offers that's extraordinary. We refer to those things as supernatural. That which goes beyond the natural realm. But sometimes those things come in a way that we forget is a possibility. Back to the culture if you just ask for my opinion, there are, there are certain words that I would use about the culture. One would be confused. But another would be we live in a time of, of hyperhumanism, where we're promoting humanism out of balance to where we are looking to ourselves for our answers in all things. And it even goes beyond that. It goes to just our natural look. I mean, all these headline things that we're reading, seeing, hearing about, turning off because we don't want to hear any more of it, is focusing on one thing, and it's the human body. How many has learned that these bodies get old? How many find out that these bodies can ache and hurt? and groan, and wrinkle, and sag, <laughs> lose parts. My brother, oh my goodness, my brother drove an old station wagon way beyond anybody remember what they were, and it, in Ohio, and all the salt on the road had eaten away three quarters of the skin of that thing, and he had a bumper sticker that says, honk if any parts fall off. I think that's where my body is. It just honk if you see something fall off that was there. 
And so we live in a time and a culture where, spiritually speaking, hang with me, that we see evidence of creation worship. The Bible talks about that there is that possibility where people no longer will worship the creator, but the creation. An overemphasis upon the creation. And the Bible actually has a big word for that, that we teach in Sunday school classes and children's church, but somehow we forget it as we get older, and it's simply called idolatry. When anything gets out of keeping, and now it is promoted above God, or even to be equal with God, it's idolatry. These bodies can be worshipped. These bodies can be so much attention given to it, that's all we think about, and our life evolves around that, the, the hyper part of it. Today we have, through social media, uh, social, uh, media excuse me, platforms, we see all kind of peddlers peddling their wares. We have these people called influencers, and these influencers are promoting beauty, wealth, talent, uh, many of them, uh, of course, are promoting supplements to make us extra ordinary. There are things today called nip-tuck. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And all of this focus, we now have supermodels. We don't just have models, we have supermodels. Again, when you look at it in this room, it's like, Pastor, you're really kind of making sense now. Because we are so inundated with it, it becomes common to us to talk about it, to see it, to see it promoted, and then if we're not careful, we're like, yeah, yeah, well, I'd take a selfie on myself and just, yeah, looking good. Spend more time in front of the mirror. If I do this little procedure, if I take this supplement, if I do this, if I do that, I might be able to be like what my influencer looks like or does. All these things, of course, just promoting us to Focus upon the creation. Now, the Bible is not beating us up for having these bodies. The Bible calls these bodies temples. Temples. That's a pretty impressive word. And again, we're not talking about health. We're not talking about that. We're talking about that which exceeds the proper balance that we are to give to these bodies to where, again, now we focus on them. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Stand with me. Let's just read the word of God together. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think you know this passage, but let it speak to you again. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, yet we're not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, even persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, struck down, but not destroyed. We're always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies, in our bodies, in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. 
You see, we're candidates. You got mortal flesh today? You're a candidate. So death is at work in us, but life in you. You may be seated. Turn to that person next to you and just say, you're ordinary. Now, you see, really, that's kind of an insult in certain circles now because we got to be super this and extra that. I got to be an influencer. I got to be this. I got to be that. But what we all have in common is this we're all ordinary black skin, white skin, tattooed skin, old wrinkled skin. We're ordinary. And what the scripture is highlighting for us again is to embrace that reality. That this body, we're in the Lenten season, and one of the first things people do that, that exercise that is they, they take ashes and place the form of a cross on their forehead, and it reminds them that we're but just dust. These bodies came from dust, and they'll go back to dust. And the scripture here, again, bearing this out, and of course, this expression is more of a, a newer term that even a, a, some of the Christian groups like to use uh, in their music. We're just jars of clay, just bodies, tents, the Bible refers to, temples, all these different things describing this human body. But what is special is on the inside of we have this treasure inside of us. When the focus is all about the outside, we forget about how important it is what we have on the inside. Because if all of our time and effort is concentrating upon the tent, the tabernacle, the jar of clay, the dust, we're going to miss out on a lot. So when we simply... Answer the question, how many of you would like to see God do something in your life and through your life? Yeah. Well, we're candidates. We have flesh, mortal flesh, jars of clay. God chooses to use these vehicles to fulfill his higher purposes. But you see, he does it from the inside. It's an inside job. He's working in us. Philippians 2 and 13 simply puts it this way. It is God who works in you. Turn to somebody and say, in you. God is working in you. He's working in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So what that's really saying is simply this. It is God who even puts the desire in you to answer that question with the raising of a hand or the verbal statement of yes. It was the Holy Spirit, it was God prompting you from the inside to say, yeah, I want to say yes to that. I want to know God, I want to know him personally, and I want him to know me, and I want him to find in me a willing vessel, an available vessel a hungry vessel, someone he can use. It is God that put that desire in me. I didn't do it for myself. And not only the desire. I mean, how many times have you 
seen opportunities, say, I'd like to do that, but I could never do, pull that off. We face that a lot of time with our human limitations. And yet in this, he says, you're jars of clay, but there's a treasure inside of you. On the outside, no matter how old, how young, how obese, how thin, super thin, whatever the case, the body is, on the outside, we're ordinary. They have things today called hair dyes. You can actually color your hair. Who knew? And somebody from a distance may say, well, look at that young thing. And then they turn around and say, oh, they're a little older than I thought. Again, we're not talking about taking care of the body, the hygiene of the body, the health of the body, the exercise, the diet. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the worship. We're talking about the excess. And we're talking about what God really wants to do. And it's on the inside. He puts the will in us. He puts the power in us for his good purposes. How many would like to be a part of something good? How many would like to be a difference maker? How many would like to be able to walk up, say something to this group, and as you walk off, you hear him saying, I'm so glad that person came by. Do you hear what that person said? Or maybe they actually know you by name and say, you know, I love that person, and call you by name because they always have the right word to say. You know, they always keep me focused. They always help me. When I'm down, they help me. I just feel better around them. This is that. God is at work in us. So this extraordinary, on the outside we look so ordinary, but on the inside, oh, oh, treasure. The power of God, the love of God, the spirit of God that is in us. There's only one way that we can fulfill that. James just comes straight to the point, James 4 and 6. God always, always Always resists the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. That grace, grace is that desire and that power to do God's will. It is God at work in us. It's that grace, the grace life we refer to. It is God's grace that gives me the desires. God's grace that gives me the power. It's God's grace that he even lets me know what is good. It's God's grace that he allows me to be a part of something good. And in all that, he gives me the grace when I come to him humbly. The humility that it takes to come. How many has learned this as well? That grace that he offers, it's always just enough. The Bible puts it this way. His grace is sufficient. You feel like, well, I can do that. I, let me be positive today. Let me help somebody today. Let me, let me do something kind for them today. The, his grace gave me the desire. His grace gave me the ability to do that simple task. His grace is sufficient. There are other times you come up in situations you think, man, them people need God. And about that time, somebody's tapping you on the shoulder. And you turn around and nobody's standing there. Oh. It's the Holy Spirit dealing with me. Yeah, but them people, they need Jesus in the worst kind of way. Anybody know people like that? This means yes. 
Man, they need Jesus. Yeah, I know. They do. Oh, me. <laughs> yeah. I'll give grace to the humble. And my grace is sufficient. You want me to? Yeah. You see, we literally become the hands that touch a life by the grace of God that makes the difference. Sometimes in that hand, it's a cup of water. But as long as we do it in Jesus' name, it's sufficient. It'll meet the need. Other times when we say it's bigger than I can pull off, just leave that up to God. His grace is sufficient. You may find out as you're taking a step, he's already been tapping five other people on the shoulder at the same time, and a unit of you go in. But his grace is sufficient. Can I hear an amen? So, to get the greatest benefit from our problems, to get the greatest benefit, you see, ordinarily... In the natural, we really, listen closely, we like to get from underneath the pressure of the problem, don't we? How many times have I said, I wish I knew who made the original quote. By human nature, we would rather get out of something than through something. And yet, it's the times that we are forced to go through something, that's what we keep talking about. Those things that were just removed from us and we got out of it, we don't even remember them. They didn't shape us. They didn't mark us. So again, in the natural, as soon as there's a problem, I just want out. Whenever there's a problem, we feel the pressure. That's the secret. We feel the pressure. We want to come from underneath that pressure. But God says, no, wait a minute. I'm allowing that pressure. And many times he's created the pressure. Wow, what do you mean by that? He causes us to learn that way. It is, again, the writer here that simply says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We are, Paul said, we are pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. You want, you want to know why we're not crushed by the pressure? Because greater is he that is in me than he that's pushing from the outside. Because what he on the outside can't see is the one on the inside pushing back. <laughs> it is a good word. You see, it's that inside job. It's the grace of God. I don't think I can ever do this. Well, just trust God. How many times has somebody said that to you? How many times has mom tell you that? Dad told you that. Pastor told you that. Your friend told you that. How many times have you told somebody else, just trust God? Well, that seems too simple. Trust God. Yeah, but I'm feeling the pressure. But are you crushed? Oh, I haven't asked myself that. I just feel the pressure. I went from underneath the pressure. Yeah, but how long have you been dealing with that pressure? Longer than I can remember. And you're still here? Yeah. Woo! That ought to tell you something. I'm not hearing many amens right now. Pastor, I just want out. But we're missing the higher purpose. The pressure creates the diamond. The pressure creates the miracle. The pressure creates the opportunity for God to will and to work 
in our life, that grace, when that pressure comes again, the pressure is on, I just want from underneath it. No, that pressure is there, but the one in you is putting equal pressure, sustaining us. That opportunity for God to be at work in us. Get ready for this. You know, many times the problems that we're facing, the problems are a result of our own disobedience in the past. I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about the promptings of the Holy Spirit that was prompting us and we just got out. Those promptings that were at work in us and so God allows. How many knows there's nothing going to happen to you without God signing off on it? Well, why did he allow this thing to reoccur? Why is it back? Because many times those things that we didn't allow to come to completion. Woo, come on, somebody. He now allows it to cycle again. Well, maybe this time. Maybe this time. You see, he'll take us from glory to glory to glory. It is about no grow, show. It is about learning. It is about maturity. It is about, you know what? God has sustained me in the past. He's going to keep me again. How many knows about his keeping power? And Lord has healed me in the past. I'm sick now, but if he's healed me then, he can heal me again. Can I hear an amen? It is about growing in that grace and understanding not only is he there to sustain us, but many times he is growing us. In the natural, we know what it is to have ambition. Again, when it's at that healthy level, we embrace it. I want to do better at my job. I do want to be recognized for my work. Is this all right? I do want to educate myself so I can advance. With the, I believe in the company. I believe in what they're doing. I would like to be a part of it. I'd like to be a part of the steering committee. I'd like to be the CEO. I'd like to bless some other people. All these things. Guess where those thoughts come from? God is at work in us. How many believes we need more Christian businesses? That bless the kingdom of God. That bless families. That bless a community. That bring health to a community. All these, oh, well, man, we didn't think that stuff was spiritual. <laughs> it is God at work. I'm telling you, this is one of them time release messages. About Wednesday, oh my gosh, this is what he's talking about. I do want to be positive. I do want to make a difference. I do want to have people respect me so that it gives me passageway and it gives me a voice that I can be an influencer and show them the way to God. When they come to me and I don't have to arrogantly say to them, well, dummy, I did that three times already. But you can go to them and say, I do understand. I've got three t-shirts. I've been there, done that. Come on, somebody. We're getting down where we live. Because when you're going through it and you go, you're looking for somebody that's got the answer. Are you just going to go to somebody and like, well, I've never done that. But you know, I think what you ought to do, buddy, is do this over here. And you're like, click. But when you go to somebody and they've been there, 
and they're still there talking about it, okay, I want to know about your story. I want to know what you found out. I want to know how I can get where you are because you tell me you've been where I am, but I want to be where, who come on, somebody. It is God at work in us to will and to work for his good pleasure. How many knows? Oral Roberts was right. We serve a good God. All good gifts come from him. Wow. So many times those reoccurring things are there prompting us again. Let it do its complete work now. One of the first memory verses, one of the first verses I memorized for myself, beyond any of us raised in church, we all know that we memorized Jesus wept real quick so we'd get a candy bar in Sunday school. And then we memorized John 3.16, the universal passage. The 1 Corinthians 10.13, there is no temptation taken you, but such is common, ordinary among men. But God who is extraordinary, (laughs) will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but who will with that also make a way of escape. He'll take an ordinary person going through an ordinary common thing, but they can't help themselves. God says, I'm a way maker. I'll make it happen. He'll take the problem and give us breakthrough. It is understanding that we can endure it. We can endure it. This morning, getting ready for church, turn the TV on, the news, and there's a marathon going on right now. There are people, and some of you are thinking, who would get out of their warm bed and run 26 plus miles? But they're enduring it right now. Because they've already got the finish line in sight. So it is with us. There's growth through this grace. Let me close with this. Isaiah 54 and 2. I want some of you to find that verse and memorize it. At least mark it. And start praying. It simply says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch the curtains wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen the cords and strengthen the stakes. In other words, prepare yourself for increase, for enlargement, for the opportunity of what God wants to do in your life. So here we are, stretch. Lord, here I am in prayer. Here I am, Lord. I do want to be used of you. I do want you to work in my life, and I want you to work through my life, and I want to be a difference maker. Lord, here I am. Take this ordinary vessel and enlarge it. If it's a tent, then Lord, take the curtains. If you ever look at those nomads, you'll see their curtain dwellings a lot of times, and it's the pleated curtains because they're designed so that they can be stretched out, and you take that tent. Come on, somebody needs to be praying this. Lord, here I am. Enlarge the place of my dwelling. Lord, not talking just about prosperity for me. I'm talking about opportunity. I'm talking about you being at work in me to will and to work, to bring your higher purposes through me. Lord, enlarge my tent 
And I love this wording. And don't hold back. How many have ever prayed to God this kind of prayer? Lord, I want you to bless me. Now, I don't want you to bless me too much, you know. <laughs> I, I, Lord, I'm just so humble. Just, just give me another inch. How many knows we're praying to God? And he's above all things. All things were created by him and for him and for his good pleasure. God, you are my source of blessing. And Lord, I want you to open up the windows of heaven and I want you to pour out a blessing upon me that I cannot contain. How many would pray that kind of prayer? Lord, I know that you're able to do things good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run it over. Here I am, Lord, enlarge this opportunity of my life. Lord, if I'm going into a new business, Lord, I want you to bless it. Lord, I want to be a blessing to others. How many Beth students we got? Blessed to be a? Blessed to be a? Shout it, come on. Blessed to be a? There's something the natural body has learned. Scientists have learned. Hypertrophy. Yeah, somebody knows it. And it is the enlarging of organs. But in this case, sometimes you'll be flipping the channels and you'll see some man standing there, some lady standing there, and they've got swimwear on and they're in a competition and they're doing this number. I got to be careful I don't split the back of my coat out when I do that. I'm sorry. The beach is that way, you know, just that whole. You, are you with me now? Daughter-in-law, are you still with me? You proud of your father-in-law right now? Her head's going on every which way. I don't know. Oh, there's, this will preach. Because in the natural, what they've learned, oh, we've learned something. And it's, yeah, there might be times where disease has caused this hypertrophy to enlarge something and enlarge the heart. We didn't want to be enlarged, but with the body to get body mass, muscle mass, then it is the effort of a strenuous workout. And in that, it causes the body to have what's called microtears. And the microtears literally have been created from the pressure. Oh, come on, somebody. And for the body now to respond to it, what they've learned is the body sends nutrition to that place. Wow. And sends good blood. How many needs the blood of Jesus working in certain things in our life? And so it's the body responds to this strenuous workout to deal with these microtears. And now the microtears, now that they're getting healed up, creates fiber. And so through the process of tear down and build up, the body gets muscle mass. Wow. That'll preach. Because the pressure that we were trying to get from underneath is the very thing that God says, when you're weak, then you can be made strong. Come on, somebody. 
And it's learning, okay, I heard grandma say to trust God. I really don't know how to trust God. Well, when you walk through the storm, just get a hold of his hand and walk through the storm. Don't run from the storm, but let him shield you from the storm. And then you realize the next time a storm comes, whoo, my God is able. My God is able. I watched my mama pray and God brought her her miracle. I want to trust like mom did. I watched uh, my daddy pray through something and it took a long time, but he never gave up and God never gave up on him and God was faithful and restored to him the thing that he had lost. If you did it for daddy, will you do it for me? If you're the God of Abraham and you're the God of Isaac and you're the God of Jacob and you'll reach and touch every generation, then God, I want you to do it in my generation. God, the miracles of old that I've heard about, the Bible is filled with miracles. God, I need a miracle. Now, my culture needs a miracle. My, my generation needs a miracle. God, you're the same God. You're able to do these things. So God, as we're walking through the pressure, then I realize I am not crushed by it and I'm learning by it and you're developing in me a treasure in this ordinary vessel. Come on, somebody. And I've learned to trust you. I've learned to trust you. Stand with me today.